Thank you. 
Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Thursday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Oh 
J.M. and the A.M. Thursday. Notice a pattern? <laughs> I had felt, I, I had forgotten that Simcha Liner had uh, an amazing and incredible a cappella album that was just released. And I said to myself, we've got to, uh, we've got to, you know, got to play some of this album, especially now in the middle part of Sphera. So between Rise Up, which he did, of course, on the Kosher Halftime Show 2020, which we loved, and the Ani Mamin medley, and the Eitz Chaim, and the Lecha, and Nafshi, and Shema Yisrael, and Kolak There was a lot of Simcha Liner in the first part of JM and this morning, I'm proud to say. <laughs> and Regesh, of course, opened things up with Modani, and we say good morning. It's Thursday on this May 7th, the 13th of ER. Good morning, everybody. Today is day number 28 in the counting of the Omer. Today is four weeks. Believe it or not, three weeks from tonight is the holiday of Shavuot. Today is also the second day of Bahab, if you're not familiar with that. 
consult with your local rabbi. 47 degrees, 70% humidity, winds in northwest at 4 miles per hour. Partly cloudy with a high of 67. Then tonight, partly cloudy, low 48. Tomorrow afternoon rain and a high, 55 degrees. You shall I'm at 70. We're at 47 here in New York as we say good morning at JM in the AM. Thursday morning broadcast with plenty of guests this morning. A lot of good information and uh, conversation, including Professor Yonatan Alevi. We are anxious to hear his perspective on COVID and uh, what's going on in Israel and really around the entire world. He's a good man to speak to regarding the uh, the reopening, regarding the um, vaccine, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So Professor Yonatan Alevi coming up on this Thursday morning about 8.30 in the morning here at JM the AM. Also, it's Thursday, which means NSN, the Nahum Single Network, has an amazing uh, lineup. That's something that uh, you're familiar with at this point, that um, that we've got an amazing lineup every single Thursday. Charlie Harari with Unlocking Greatness, spin class with Michael Fragan, Jew in the City Speaks with Allison Josephs, That's Life with Miriam L. Wallach. It all happens... It all happens um, um, It all happens every Thursday here at the Nahum Siegel Network. I'm just looking at the, um, at the topics. Charlie Harari at 9 o'clock on the topic of the strength of being authentic. At 10 o'clock, Jew in the City speaks with Dr. Nahomi Yafe, the first Israeli Hasidic woman to get a Ph.D. That's fascinating. Miriam Alwalik with Adira Holkauer discussing Adopt a Frontliner. That's 10.30 this morning. Adopt a Frontliner. And um, and those are some of the guests that you'll be hearing. Uh, we'll do a live lunch, acapella style, middle part of Sphere style, starting at 11 a.m. Eastern time. And um, like I always say, amazing and great programming every day, but especially Thursdays here at the Nahum Siegel Network. All right. So where do we go now after we've uh, done a an amazing job presenting Simcha Liner with his new a cappella album? Where should we go now? I think we'll go to the uh, Cole Zimra single, Halev Shali, which has made quite an impact as well. You're listening to a Thursday morning JM in the AM. Shine, Hitsio, 
תרופה שמרים פועם ותרופה בעולם יש עוד צח שמציק לצום, ואין ציר שיצעק לצור. רק אני מול ים שלם ולב שבור. Mi se jo no li 
J.M. in the A.M. Thursday morning broadcast. That's called Yom Shani, done by Yossi Rosenberg. Mia Dear before that with Nachum Stark. Anenu is the brand new one from Tzvi Silberstein and Avramo Avram Fried. Cole Zimra had a Halev Shali here at J.M. in the A.M. Coming up on 7 o'clock at America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio, around the world on the web at NachumSigl.com and the NachumSigl Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman Kosher Hot Dog Sausage in Delhi is the world's best, serving the kosher world since 1954 and available at better kosher supermarkets nationwide. Check out A&H today. By the way, a reminder from our friends at Art Scroll: the cookbook sale is only through Monday. 30% off on all cookbooks. Cooking now is a fantastic way to bond with your children, and a lot of people are doing a lot of cooking and baking, frankly during COVID-19. So uh, you get the 30% off on all cookbooks that are in stock, plus free shipping on orders over $49 in the United States. Uh, all you got to do is go to artscroll.com, artscroll.com for all the information. We've got uh, Galitza in the background with our news from Israel coming up. By the way, speaking of Artscroll, don't forget the brand new Panay Menachem, stories and lessons of Torah leadership, compassion, and empathy from the life of our Pinchas Menachem Altar of Ger is now available. Um, check it out online. And don't forget to use the promo code radio to save. Use promo code radio and save 15%. Also, if you pre-order Living Amuna, if you pre-order Living Amuna, it's a 10% discount with promo code radio. Go to artscroll.com for details. Galay Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast next to Jam Dan.
גלי צה"ל מירושלים, השעה שתיים. שלום רב כאן, אבי גמולקה, עם מה שקורה עכשיו. ביקורת חריפה מצד שופטי בג"ץ על השימוש הרחב בתקנות לשעת חירום במקום חקיקה ראשית במהלך משבר הקורונה. כתבנו לענייני משפט, יובל הראל. בדיון שהתקיים היום בהרכב של חמשת שופטי בג"ץ הוותיקים ביותר, טעו השופטים בפני נציג היועץ המשפטי לממשלה, מדוע כל כך הרבה החלטות עוברות בממשלה כתקנות לשעת חירום, ללא פיקוח של הכנסת. השופט עוזי פוגלמן אמר בדיון כי אנחנו כבר עמוק במצב החירום, ולכן חייבים לעגן את ההחלטות בחקיקה ראשית. נציג היועץ המשפטי לממשלה בדיון אמר כי חלק מהנושאים עדיין מונחים על שולחנו של שר המשפטים. ממשלת נתניהו-גנץ, מליאת הכנסת אישרה בקריאה שנייה ושלישית את הצעת חוק ממשלת החילופים, הרוטציה. יושב ראש מרץ, חבר הכנסת ניצן הורוביץ, סיפר למוריה אסרף וולברג ומיכאל האוזרטוב ביומן הצהריים, עתרנו לבג"ץ נגד החוקים שאושרו במליאה. אלה חוקים שאנחנו רואים אותם כמכשירי שחיתות. חוקים שנועדו לתת חסינות בפועל לנאשם מבלפור, אין להם מקום בספר החוקים של מדינת ישראל ואנחנו עותרים נגדם. הביטוח הלאומי טרם פרסם נתונים מלאים על אודות מספר הזכאים לדמי אבטלה. כתבתנו ניביה גור מציינת שעל פי הערכות מאות אלפי אנשים קיבלו עד כה מקדמה בלבד ותביעות נוספות טרם טופלו. מנכ"ל הביטוח הלאומי מאיר שפיגלר התחייב ביומן הצהריים, בימים הקרובים נבחן את כל התביעות. לפני כשבוע עמדו על הפרק סדר גודל של כ-50 אלף תביעות, משום העובדה שהיו בהם כשלים. היום אנחנו כבר נמצאים על פחות מ-20 אלף, ואנחנו עושים את הכל שבתוך ימים בודדים אנחנו נגיע לכדי כך שכל התיקים ללא יוצא מן הכלל ייבחנו, ואנחנו כל הזמן לומדים איך לשחרר כמה שיותר תיקים בכמה שפחות זמן, לייעל את המערכת. בנק ישראל מפרסם מתווה לדחיית תשלומי הלוואות בצל משבר הקורונה. כתבנו לענייני כלכלה, ניתאי עניו. לפי בנק ישראל לא ייגבו עמלות בגין דחיית תשלומי הלוואה, אך הן עושות ריבית בדומה לנטילת הלוואה חדשה בגובה הסכום הנדחה. משכנתאות ניתן לדחות לתקופה של שישה חודשים ללא מגבלה על סכום יתרת ההלוואה. הלוואות צרכניות עד 100,000 שקלים ניתן לדחות לתקופה של עד שלושה חודשים, והלוואות לעסקים קטנים לתקופה של עד שישה חודשים, בהתאם לשיקול דעת הבנק. באירופה, מעניין המתים מקורונה עלה ליותר מ-150 אלף בני אדם. מדווחת כתבת חדשות החוץ, עמלי חביב פרגון. בבריטניה מספר המתים ממשיך לעלות וחצה הבוקר את סף 30 האלף, וברוסיה מדווחים היום על עליית שיא של 11,231 חולים חדשים ביממה האחרונה. משאר המדינות מספר המתים נמצא בירידה, בספרד שנמצאת במקום השלישי באירופה נרשמו ביממה האחרונה 213 מתים, לעומת 244 ביום שלפני. כביש המנהרות המוביל משכונת גילה בירושלים לגוש עציון נחסם לתנועה בשני הכיוונים בעקבות נפילת מאוורר במנהרה. צוותים מקצועיים הוזעקו למקום, והמשטרה נמסר כי הנהגים מתבקשים להשתמש בדרכים חלופיות. מזג האוויר למחר, עלייה ניכרת בטמפרטורות. אחר הצהריים צפויות רוחות צפוניות, לעיתים חזקות, לאורך מישור החוף. אלה החדשות שעורך רועי ולד.
J.M. in the A.M. 
Thursday morning on day 28 in the counting of the Omer. Day number 28, that's a total of four weeks. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. Four weeks in the counting of the Omer, which means Shavuos is three weeks from tomorrow night, which is, excuse me, three weeks from tonight. Three weeks from tonight, which is not easy to believe, frankly, <laughs> but it's uh, it's a reality. Pretty interesting. Tomorrow's Pesach Sheni. Enjoy your matzah tonight. Um, there are people who have a custom to eat matzah tonight and uh, during the day tomorrow on Pesach Sheni. I thought Pesach Sheni this year would be really appropriate that we'd be able to get together with family and friends on a night like tonight and make up for who we didn't see during the Pesach Seder. That didn't exactly work out the way I had planned. Uh, uh, Tuesday is our Lagba Omer major music blowout. Make sure to be tuned in Tuesday morning between 6 and 9 a.m. Lots of amazing music, of course. I have to post on Facebook like I usually do, asking for suggestions of what needs to be in uh, Tuesday's show. Try to do that later on or maybe right after the weekend. We'll see. Uh, today is the second day of Bahab, 47 degrees, partly cloudy, and a high of 67. Again, day 28 in the County of the Omer. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman Kosher Hot Dog Sausage and Deli is the world's best, serving the kosher world since 1954 and available at better kosher supermarkets everywhere nationwide. Try A&H today. Let's do one more from um, AKA Pella, and then uh, Rabbi Goldwasser and plenty more. Keep it here on a Thursday at JM in the AM. A.K.A. Pella. There it is. Halila. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the reasons we always encourage everybody to listen to JM and the AM every minute of every day, <laughs> or at least whenever it's on, 
uh, is because you never know what's going to happen next. And here we are in our Manhattan studio, and Rabbi Ellie Schlanger is with us live via telephone to let us know about a big Lagba Omer celebration that's going to be happening virtually. Rabbi Ellie Schlanger is speaking to us from Australia. He is uh, the leader of Chabad of Bundai Beach in Australia. Rabbi Schlanger, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you very much. It's an honor to be here with you now. I appreciate that. I have to ask you for selfish purposes. Do people in Bundai Beach listen to JM the AM? Well, I can tell you that I definitely do. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that very much. Now, you, I'm sure you, there are many others. I appreciate that. Please spread the word. Uh, I, um, you told me off the air a moment ago, to, uh, completely caught me off guard, that I'm getting, getting a call from Australia, which I, where I assume it's already Thursday night and you're preparing for Shabbos. Um, you told me that something's happening in Australia with many organizations in honor of Lagba Omer. Tell our listeners what it's all about. So we have, we're coming together over 150 Jewish organizations across the board, um, we are advertising for 18,000 people to come together from Australia and New Zealand for 18 epic minutes on the 18th of year at 18 o'clock. <laughs> so this is going to be, uh, we have international guests, which are uh, not public yet, not public yet, the schedule, but um, very, very exciting. And this is the whole Australia is buzzing. And this is all being done obviously for a show of Jewish unity and a unique way to celebrate Lagba Omer together uh, in these times when I didn't even realize that in Australia you're under the same guidelines that we are. You guys are essentially isolated from everybody else? Absolutely. Absolutely. But Baruch Hashem things here are a little better. So the synagogues in Australia at the moment are not open? They're not. Wow, so a very similar situation to what's going on here. I don't know why it surprises me that much, frankly. We keep talking about the entire world being closed down, so it shouldn't surprise me, but I always think that what's happening so many miles away would be different from here. Uh, how many years have you been? Uh, in? Is Bundai Beach in the in the Sydney area? Is that where it is in Australia? Yeah, so Bundai is probably the most famous uh, beach in Australia. I've been here for 13 years. I actually work um, together with... My father-in-law, Rabbi Ullman, who also happens to be the dying on the Sydney Beston. Wasn't wasn't the Rabbi Cooper who we knew from Australia? I think he was from Australia, if I'm not mistaken. Could be. Probably yeah. be before my time. Anyway, uh, do you meet a lot of Jews? Do you meet a lot of Jews who are residents near Bundai Beach? And do you meet a lot of Jews who are tourists normally when we're non-COVID near Bundai Beach? So, yeah, this is a, a hotspot for tourism. So we have uh, a lot of Jews. We have about uh, 50 plus thousand Jews just in Sydney alone, mainly located in the eastern suburbs where Bundai happens to be the center of that. Does your family enjoy living there? Only because we're on Shlichut. <laughs> Would we ever find you at the Shluchim conference during the, uh, during the winter? If you can find my knech in the hat, probably. <laughs> so so there are shluchim from Australia who come in for the big event each year. Yeah, um, probably about uh, close to 100 shluchim. Unbelievable. Well, I can't thank you enough. Now, is this something that we can recommend not only to our Australian listeners, but can others join in as well from around the world on Lagbomer? Absolutely. I guess that's what we're promoting, Jewish unity. 
Just give us the information one more time. What are the instructions for Lagba Omer for the Jewish world? So you can go to 18for18.com.au, and all the information is posted there where you can go um, join in live via Facebook or YouTube and other methods. Uh, Rabbi Schlanger, this is quite a surprise and a wonderful treat for us. Thanks so much for joining us. What a, it, it really is like like 9.30 at night, right? Am I, am I right about that? Right on, 9.31. 9.31, so you're literally preparing for Shabbos. Yep, I can smell the challah. <laughs> and the, unfor- the only unfortunate thing about living in Australia, folks, and we've said this for years once we became international, the only unfortunate thing is that you can't hear our Erev Shabbos show until after Shabbos. But that's the way it is, huh? It's always a delight to hear your Erev Shabbos shows with your beautiful Nagunim. We need it over here in Bondi Beach. We need that Hamish kite. So thank you for doing what you're doing. Well, send our best to everybody. And thank you so much for checking in. Rabbi Eli Schlanger is director of Chabad of Bondi Beach, calling us from the Sydney, Australia area with that beautiful project for Lagba Omer. And he he caught me off guard. When, when people tell me they're calling from Sydney, sometimes I think it's a prank phone call, frankly. <laughs> like the time we heard from the doctor in, uh, I'm trying to think what country it was in. What was the country that the doctor was in that time in Africa preparing for Shabbos and listening for uh, to us? And we thought it was a joke. He posted on the app, and we just thought it was somebody, you know, randomly trying to, to fool us, and we and we confirmed the story. It ended up being in, in one of the Mishpacha magazine articles, I think, about him, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, so thank you, Rabbi Schlanger. You've certainly made our day so far. Hopefully more coming up to make our day on this 28th day in the counting of the armor. Ooh, for Rabbi Schlanger... It's not the 28th day in the counting of the Omer anymore. Wow. He's got to be careful. He's got to be careful. He's listening to JM and the AM, and he hasn't counted yet because I don't know when sunset is in Australia this time of year. If he hasn't counted yet and he's listening to me, he's getting he's getting bad advice. <laughs> got to be careful with that. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. The first tefillah, the first prayer that we say upon entering the shul, the Beis HaMedrash, is Matovo Alecho Yaakov, Mishken Secho Yisrael. How good are your tents, Yaakov, Mishken Secho, the dwelling place of Yisrael. Interesting, that this tefillah was said by Bilam. Bilam, who was the evil person that originally came to curse Klau Yisrael, ended up that Hashem turned it into a blessing. The bracha itself ensures that the synagogue, the idea of the shul, is our eternal existence. Our history, it testifies that whenever the oivim, whenever enemies came to destroy a shul, or to destroy yeshiva, it never worked out because they were rebuilt in another location. Look at all of the yeshivot and the shuls in Eretz Yisrael, in America, in Europe, all over the world. We see that when Ponovich was destroyed, when Brisk was destroyed, when all of the centers of Hasidus were destroyed in Eastern Europe, they sprang up. You can go to Eretz Yisrael, you can go anywhere in the world, and you can see the yeshivas in the shuls, called by the names, following the customs, going in the derech of those that were destroyed. Bilam did not really want to give us a bracha at all. He wanted to give us a klala, but Hashem turned it around.
What did it mean when Bilam came and said, Matovo Alecho Yaakov? What did he have in mind when he said, Oh, how good are your tents, Yaakov Avinu? Really? Bilam had in mind that he wished to destroy, that the shuls, the synagogues, the yeshivas would no longer exist. That was the greatest curse, the greatest klola that ever could have been. Our enemies realized this. When Spain exiled the Jews in 1492, all of the shuls were seized and turned in to houses of Avodah The Nazis, in one of their first steps to take over the communities on Kristallnacht in 1938, destroyed, burned down hundreds of synagogues. Why is it that the enemies specifically go after the synagogue, the shul? In order to destroy Klal Yisroel, Chas Shalom, they have to destroy that Teva of Noah, the ark that has kept us afloat throughout the entire generations. They sense that that Teva is now the shul. Because of that, we proudly say our very first tefillah, our first prayer, is Matovo Oholecho Yaakov, Mishkenosecho Yisrael. How goodly are your tents, O Yaakov, the dwelling places, our true home of Klal Yisroel. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. J.M. and the A.M. on a Thursday morning, 7.36, 24 minutes before the hour. And um, I thank all of you tuned in around the world. Don't forget, you can comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Siegel Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. We welcome your comments uh, constantly, all day long. And today's Thursday with a lot of great original programming, so feel free to comment. By the way, by the way, M.H. Dauber uh, let us know that Shkia tomorrow in Melbourne is 5.25 p.m. So there's a good chance that my Schlanger already counted the Omer, but I just wanted to make sure that he counted the right day. That's all. I like when our listeners participate in my uh, interesting observations. Uh, well, Yair Myers contacted me. He said that uh, for the second year in a row, there'll be a mental health symposium that he chairs along with Dr. Rachel Goodman. It's the second year doing it. And last year they had Dr. David Pelkovitz up in Montreal, and they had a Thursday night symposium with over 300 people, uh, over 15 synagogues participating. And now, of course, they're doing it again as they had planned. Uh, but uh, as you can imagine, they're going to be doing it um, in a little bit of a different way. It'll be done through Zoom. And um, uh, Dr. Goodman is uh, with us live via telephone. Dr. Rachel Goodman. I don't know what I just did with Dr. Goodman's bio. Here it is. Dr. Rachel Goodman is a licensed clinical psychologist with more than 20 years of experience in providing psychotherapy and psychological assessment to a variety of populations. Received her doctorate in clinical psychology from St. John's here in New York specializing in the areas of anxiety and depressive disorders, neuropsychological evaluation, memory, wellness, stress, and trauma. She now lives in Montreal, maintains a private practice in which she conducts evaluations and provides individual psychotherapy, working primarily with adults and older adults. Dr. Goodman is co-associate director of the Montreal Jewish General Hospital's Alzheimer's Risk Assessment Clinic. She's passionate about promoting prevention and wellness and mental health awareness and and destigmatization. Uh, Dr. Rachel Goodman, a pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM. Thank you so much for having me. 
Um, I don't think these times are, uh, or, or maybe I should put it differently, these times are probably the best times to be speaking with somebody with your expertise because these times, COVID-19, which again, when you guys arranged this symposium, I assume that you uh, uh, put it on the calendar not thinking it would be conducted in this way, but this COVID-19 has cer- has certainly uh, given people a heightened uh, sense of anxiety, heightened sense of depression. I don't use that word clinically, but you know what I mean. You have the right to use it clinically. And uh, I guess we need a symposium like this more than ever. Uh, what are your impressions of the community and how it's dealing now with anxiety during this crisis? Thank you. I think that we're all struggling with some form of stress, anxiety, feelings of isolation, trauma, even grieving and loss. And I don't use that word lightly. I certainly don't mean, obviously, just the people who actually are grieving right. or have had real losses, and we feel for those people, whether it's been a family member who has passed away, God forbid, or a job loss, financial loss, etc. But we're all feeling losses of certain kinds, losses of our freedom, ability to go out. Um, looking at my kids, I have two daughters who are supposed to graduate this year in Montreal. We graduate high school in grade 11 uh, and elementary school in grade 6, both of whom were supposed to have graduations, which are not happening live, obviously. And, uh, you know, losses of summer camp, potentially. And these are, are real things. So we're all feeling, as you said, the anxiety and some depressive symptoms. And you're right, we had planned this a while ago um, as a second annual mental health Shabbat, uh, thinking that it would be local again in Montreal, although it has always been yet years and my dream to make this uh, national and uh, across North America Shabbat where everybody dedicates that Shabbat to mental health together. But this opportunity gave us a window all of us across the board, into what it feels like to have some sort of mental health issues. And we took the opportunity and seized it to spread it uh, virtually. Obviously, we had no choice, but again, to say people are feeling this, and now is our chance, and we're going to ask everybody to join in with us. So it's normally a, uh, a Shabbat, not just a symposium this year, of course, a mental health symposium, anxiety through the lifespan, a Jewish community response. It's happening tonight, everybody. It's happening tonight, beginning at 7.30. And you, Dr. Goodman, are part, or I should say you're moderating, an incredible panel. Let's start with Dr. Blumenthal. He's the keynote speaker, someone very familiar to this audience. I'm sure you would have had him live and in person up there in Montreal today. He will uh, address everybody from wherever he is uh, during this situation. Um, what, What do you know what Dr. Blumenthal's keynote speech will include this evening? So the topic was chosen in advance, as you had mentioned, anxiety through the lifespan. And last year we had spoken more generally for the first year about um, mental health awareness and destigmatization just to open up the conversation. And we had chosen for this year to speak about anxiety through the lifespan from young children to older adults. Uh, And it just happened to work out that we all got a window into that, as you had mentioned before, and we felt that it was more appropriate than ever to keep this topic and continue to discuss these issues and let people know that, yes, we had planned on talking about this, and this is a problem that was occurring before COVID-19 ever um, showed its face and will continue even afterwards. But especially now more than ever, mental health cannot be ignored. So I believe he will be addressing the issues of anxiety uh, in, in 
populations across the ages, but will also, of course, be talking to us about how this pandemic has affected all of us. And it-, uh, it will be tonight, as you mentioned. That's open to the public, um, and anybody can go on to our website. We can give it at the end. Uh, but for us, it was supposed to be a whole Shabbat. As you had said, he was going to be our scholar in residence. So he is going to be speaking to our shul on before Shabbat and on Sunday morning. I'm assuming you're keeping the rest of the panel together to address everybody tonight as well, including Rabbi Yecheskel Freundlich, Rabbi of Congregation Tiferet Beth David in, in uh, Jerusalem. And I, and I point out, by the way, that it is really, uh, it, it is, I think it's amazing that so many rabbis and leaders uh, in the rabbinic field are becoming experts and go-to people on the topic of mental health. Barbara Victor, Chief Clinical Officer at OMETS, and Lynn Harris, Family Peer Support Worker at AMI in Quebec. Tell me about the panel. So we felt last year and again this year that we wanted to give different uh, professional sides to the story. And for us, this is not just a a regular mental health symposium. It is a mental health symposium in the Jewish community. And, of course, we felt that we needed to include and wanted to include a rabbi in it for the Jewish perspective, what is the rabbinic response to mental health. And as you said, this year rabbis have really stood up uh, in telling people how important Important their mental health is. Um, not sure if you're aware, but over Pesach there was a huge movement by rabbis, very well-known rabbis, uh, to tell people that your mental health is is very important, and if you need to reach out on Pesach, whether it was on on Yontif, yep. uh, you need to do so. An amazing so move. I, I, I really a, thank the rabbis. A uh, cor- and courageous the, and amazing move. Courageous and amazing move. It was. Yep. It was. Um, uh, the uh, Barbara Victor is the head of Ometz, which is our local um, Jewish Child and Family Services, and she's going to be addressing uh, what the community resources are uh, specifically in Montreal, but of course we'll be representing what any community agency would be offering to their community now and in general. And we really wanted to get a personal side to the story of mental health. And so last year we were very fortunate to have another speaker from AMI Quebec. Uh, AMI Quebec is, as any AMI organization is, the organization for families of people with lived experience. That means somebody who is going through a mental health um, issue or mental illness. And uh, she got a standing ovation for her story about caring for her sister who has schizophrenia. And this year, we're very fortunate to have another family caregiver, Lynn Harris, who will be talking about her own experiences, both personally as a family member who has cared for somebody with mental illness, and she also works for AMI Quebec in the hospitals, helping to support other family members of people with mental health issues. All right, and I should point out, by the way, folks, that Rabbi Freundlich's synagogue has the word Jerusalem in it. <laughs> he's not actually in Jerusalem, he's in Quebec. So, I mean, the big benefit here, obviously, and if, if there are, it's funny, last night with my kids, I was talking about some of the things that, you know, we've discovered and have implemented in our lives because of COVID-19 from a positive standpoint. Believe it or not, there is some positive out there coming out of all this. One of the positives is that everybody around the world gets to tune in tonight and be part of this. Otherwise, this would have been a Shabbat exclusively in Montreal. I am not discouraging that. We know the face-to-face interaction and the scholar-in-residence program is a very effective one, so we're not discouraging that, but we are looking at the positive that now you can invite the entire world to join you this evening. It happens at 7.30 tonight, uh, Mental Health Symposium. It's the second annual Jewish Community Mental Health Awareness Shabbat based in Montreal, Canada. You can join the symposium at the following website, TBDJ, TB. 
fdj.org slash mental health 2020. Uh, just get, uh, uh, Dr. Goodman, give us the uh, TBDJ. What is the acronym so that uh, it'll make it easier for people? It, it stands for Tiferet Beth David Jerusalem. Tiferet Beth David Jerusalem. So tbdj.org slash mental health 2020. Again, tbdj.org slash mental health 2020. And if people log on tonight at 730, they won't need anything, any other information. They'll be able to go straight onto the website and see it. That's correct. They don't need to register. It's set up uh, right at that time. You will be able to get on and watch it live. And uh, we encourage everybody, I'll just say, in in case it's not obvious, it is the Eastern time zone. There are people who have been asking us that. And uh, as you said, that's the positive for us, that we've been able to open this up, and we hope this will be a movement for us that will grow so that next year we can all, in our own shuls, get together, but on the same Shabbat and dedicate the same Shabbat to mental health. Uh, Dr. Goodman, I thank you, and uh, good luck tonight as uh, you moderate this uh, symposium, and uh, thanks for bringing it to our attention. Much appreciated. Thank you so much for having us and for letting people know. The address, everybody, tonight at 7.30, tbdj.org slash mentalhealth2020. It's a mental health symposium with an incredible array of speakers, including keynote speaker Dr. Norman Blumenthal and the panel, the distinguished panel Dr. Goodman described for us. It's all happening tonight. Second annual Jewish Community Mental Health Awareness Shabbat is now a symposium on a Thursday night. And a big, big shout out to the Montreal Jewish community and those who are tuned in up in Montreal to us uh, for doing this uh, and bringing it really to the entire world at this point. 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time Zone, tbdj.org slash mental health 2020. You're listening to JM in the AM. Oh, my God. 
Goldwag with that version of Am Yisrael Chai. Day 28 in the counting of the Omer, four weeks. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime uh, today. Uh, the uh, Afeka Center for Language Processing is part of the Afeka Academ- Academic College of Engineering and is a unique research development and instruction lab located in Tel Aviv, Israel, and specifically dedicated to the field of speech and language processing. Professor Ami Moyal speech processing specialist and president of Afeka College of Engineering is going to join us in a moment. There has been a major piece of news regarding COVID-19, and that is that the uh, college, uh, the Afeka College of Engineering, has a groundbreaking research project led by the Israeli Ministry of Defense currently underway at the college to detect pre-diagnostic COVID-19 potential carriers using voice and speech processing. Professor Moyal, shalom and welcome to JM in the AM. Shalom, happy to to be with you. I appreciate that very much. Um, Let's let's start first with the problem. The problem is, or the situation is, if I understand this correctly, we're trying to develop a way— to know if somebody is either um, positive for or inclined to have COVID-19 as early as possible. Would that be a way of describing the, the, uh, the premise here? Yeah, that's the, exactly the way to describe it. 
Uh, first of all, maybe a few introduction words. Is it possible? Certainly. Okay, first of all, it's, it's a national project, as you mentioned, led by the Israeli Ministry of Defense, or MOD. Afeka College of Engineering is the academic institute that is performing the research, but it's quite a large project. We are collaborating with three hospitals, three main hospitals here in Israel, Sheba, Bellinson, and Hasharon, and additional MOD technology units as well as high-tech companies are involved. The main goal of the project, uh, I guess, besides of learning how COVID-19 influences uh, human speech, is, as you mentioned, uh, to try to identify potential COVID-19 carriers among the general pop uh, population. And then uh, it would enable decision makers to prioritize testing for the virus and, as a consequence, subsequently, a break in the chain of infection, because uh, in the last few weeks we are having a lot of discussions with uh, physicians that specialize in respiratory disease or ear and noise and throat, and it seems that among the earliest symptoms of COVID-19 are swelling of the vocal cords and throat infection that uh, affects the human speech, and we are trying to identify these very, very early symptoms as uh, the people that are potentially infected in the COVID-19. Uh, uh, and this is no surprise, obviously, to those of us who, are, who don't have a science background, because we know, as you know, plenty of people here in New York who've been a COVID-19 positive, and in, in many, many of the cases, uh, it's obvious that their voice is affected, they have uh, a sore throat, they have a noticeable, what I would call mild laryngitis, just to the, to the naked ear. Uh, so that doesn't come to a surprise at all that they would uh, that that would be a key symptom. The shock to us, for, for those of us with a non-science background, is that this is able to be detected as uh, as early as uh, as as uh, as you just described, and I guess the the key, as you just said, is that the symptoms that we know as a voice or throat problem is something that a professional doctor could see just by looking at or examining the vocal cords or by just uh, doing whatever examination they normally do. Uh, you do though in the in the release, it does say potential carriers using voice and speech processing. Is it more? than just a, a physical examination uh, of, the, um, of the vocal cords? Is, is, is it also something that, that literally might be able to be detected by a voice expert who's simply hearing an average person talking? Okay, I, I'll try to address the various points that you have mentioned in your question. Uh, first of all, we are targeting, our dream is to have an application on the cellular in which every citizen of Israel, one of nine million, can talk to the application as many times as he wants during the day, meaning it's not a one-time testing. And then if the technology, the algorithm, which is, by the way, based on machine learning, artificial intelligence, and speech processing, would indicate that uh, above a certain probability there are symptoms, he should be uh, checked at hospital or by, uh, by a doctor. So this, this, this is the dream. The whole population will be tested uh, by a very, very simple application. It's all based on computer, no, no physical intervention, just at the later phase when you do the real uh, testing of the coronavirus. 
We, from our experience, and we are working quite a long time with speech processing in the medical market, we have noticed that, that sometimes the artificial intelligence algorithm can, can uh, give us alerts on very, very fine symptoms that sometimes the ear of the doctor or of the expert cannot, uh, cannot listen or hear it, and the AI algorithm itself give us a note about the symptom in, uh, in the voice. Another aspect is that these classical symptoms that I've mentioned are, uh, can be symptoms of other uh, disease or sickness, like a flu. Right. So in this research, we, are, we actually defined three groups, uh, people that are uh, COVID-19 negative, people that are COVID-19 at very early phases of infection but positive, and the, 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 the third group is uh, people that has a flu or has similar symptoms in order that would be, we would be able to distinguish not between, only between COVID-19 negative and positive, but also between people that have similar symptoms but are suffering from uh, other disease. So these are the three groups that we have defined, and we are now uh, in a collection of speech voices from these three groups to be entered to our algorithms that would actually model the three groups, and if a potential speaker would talk to the system or to the application, it would categorize the speech into one of these three groups with the associated uh, uh, probability of uh, uh, recognition. Unbelievable, uh, Dr. Ayal Moyal is with us. He, Ami Moyal is with us. He is the uh, uh, he's the president of the Afeka Tel Aviv Academic College of Engineering. I hope I hope you agree that no question is a silly question. Uh, would this be able to <laughs> would this be able to detect a strep throat infection? Maybe something in general. We are talking about algorithms that. Uh, uh, are related to uh, machine learning or artificial intelligence. Basically, the algorithms are ready. We are working for them for many years, and they can distinguish between any groups that you have enough data to categorize the group. Let's right. say we are talking now about COVID-19, but the, the same solution can be used to, to different diseases or infection or phenomena as long as the algorithm receives enough speech data that model the specific uh, problem. And as, a, as, a, as an answer, we are trying to, and that's quite a heavy task, to try to distinguish between people with similar uh, symptoms between flu and COVID-19 positive. So the answer is yes. Uh, that's a research that we can conduct. Speech processing in the last two years is used more and more in the medical market. And I, and I can repeat my dream. One day, you'll talk to the cellular, to your colleagues, you'll do your everyday talk, and there'll be a client that will analyze your voice. And once something in your voice is different than your regular voice, or it will discover symptoms, you will receive a, an alert, please go to the doctor, uh, to test your voice or to do other testings because something has changed in your voice, and that can reflect to 
various uh, diseases in our body. You know, the people here in the United States, and I'm sure it's the same in Israel, we are desperately, and I say this in a collective, we are desperately looking for uh, high-quality, quick uh, testing. That's uh, one of the secrets, uh, not, a, not a secret, it's one of the... Uh, uh, the ways that we can completely reopen as a society, the more testing available, the more reliable and quick testing available, the easier it will be uh, to acclimate back to, to normal, so to speak. Is there a timetable for this? Is this something that that uh, you could already target a, a month and year of when this will be ready for people to actually uh, be tested in this manner? Yeah, I, I will address the timetable, but first I would like to, to clarify uh, – we are. It, it, it's going to be a pre-diagnosis tool. It's not. It's not a medical uh, testing by all means. Meaning, it, it millions of people would be able to use the application to receive the probability that they they are potentially COVID-19 carriers. But then, uh, a medical uh, testing should be done. It's a pre-diagnosis tool. Right. Uh, uh, the main the main target currently is to collect enough speech from people in order to train our models. So we need a few hundreds of people, and we are on the way to it. I guess it's about a, a week to two weeks after having enough data, we would be able to say if there is something concrete in this direction. I guess the main question would be what is the recognition percentage, right. and can we do something with eighty uh, percent uh, percentage or seventy-five? You know, the issue of false alarm may be tedious in this case. And to do, let's say, two weeks after we are having data to have a clear view if there is something in this direction, and I strongly believe that yes. And a few weeks later, we would be able to. Uh, uh, put an application to be used by our government and any other government. But it, it's, it's, uh, just to finalize one more sentence, I know that everybody is targeting the COVID-19 currently, but we are looking, big we are looking, to, the, we are looking to the future, yeah. to the second round, to the next winter, and to other and viruses the, and that stand, may attack us as and a the stand, human. And the standard flu. I mean, it would, if it would help with that, imagine how many, you know, how, how helpful that would be, of course. Yeah, definitely. Um, is the United States aware of your research, or these days everybody around the world is aware of everybody's research? Uh, yeah, I must say that uh, our prime minister office has gathered uh, more than dozen countries, and I received the honor and the possibility to present our project to uh, more than a dozen countries in Europe. The state is also familiar with the project, and I must say that I know that there are similar uh, projects in the states uh, that maybe are targeting a different goal in the COVID-19 infection, but various institutes around the globe are trying to use speech processing for various aspects. We are targeting on the, on the pre-diagnosis, and others are uh, focusing on more learning how the COVID-19 influenced the human speech. Professor Moyal, how long does it take to become a speech processing expert? <laughs> it took me, uh, the PhD, 10 years, 
and then I spent 15 years in the Israeli high-tech industry. I'm more than 25 years in the field. Well, amazing. I'm fascinated by voices, maybe because of the industry that I'm in, but you must have, you must have a really uh, a fascination with voices from a completely different perspective. Yeah, definitely. But I must say that I started with, spe- first of all, the speech signal, that is analyzed by our brain automatically on a daily basis in each conversation includes a lot of data. The content, the speaker, the gender, the language, the dialect, age. There's a lot of data that our brain is analyzing in, in, in less than a fraction of a second, let's say, to identify with whom you are speaking. And we are, in this field, trying to imitate the human brain. Actually, the main tool that we are using is called DNN, Deep Neural Network. Neural network that are trying to, to imitate the way that uh, the brain is, is working. So basically, it's part of artificial intelligence or the, the, uh, the experiment to try to build an artificial human brain and speech analysis is part of it. So I started many years ago in human-machine interaction, meaning like Siri, uh, virtual assistant, we are going to talk to all, all machines. We are going to communicate via voice and speech to all machines. Then when I was in the industry, uh, I worked for many years in, in the search field, meaning there's a lot of speech data and video data that you want to search data inside. And these days we are uh, implementing basically the same speech processing tools to, to, the, to the medical market. So the same basic infrastructure and tools that are improving with years are each time implemented in a different vertical market to, assi- to assist uh, society. At what age is a human being's speech and voice optimal, in your opinion? I think there's a development and a change until the age of 18, 20, and then it began to be stable. But I must tell you that if I will record you saying the same sentence, let's say at the same day, five times, in the difference of two hours each, I will show you the plot on the screen. You would not recognize. It's a completely different signal. Our speech is heavily influenced by uh, our mood, if we are sick, if we are tired. It's called uh, a random process, and what we are using are advanced tools that model a signal that is changing constantly and the speech is completely different from one voice to, to another. So, so, so the main issue is statistically uh, uh, modeling. So one second. If Sinatra recorded a song at 50 years old and then recorded the exact same song at 52 years old, there would be a major difference? No. I, I think that you will still see the main ingredients of the voice, but there will definitely a change in the basic frequencies. You know, I, I once participated in a research that uh, people try to imitate our prime minister voice. Right. When, when, you, when you saw it on TV, it looks alike because... Uh, the mannerisms. 
it, yeah, the manner, the, he took to the extreme several figures, right. but once you analyze it on a computer, you, right. immediately you saw it's not the, the well, original. Well, uh, imita the original imitation is all about exaggeration, so I would think that, yeah. that, that it would not... Yeah. Uh, yeah, so. Very, very interesting. I'm fascinated by this. I'll tell you. I, uh, like I say, I, I wonder about voice quality and how people's voices uh, change over the years. I, there, it must. You know, it must be an interesting analysis. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm just suggesting. I mean, there are cantors and great singers who wonder. I mentioned Sinatra before. Opera singers, etc., who wonder when the downgrade is going to start happening. At what age? Is there a way to? identify an average of when a great voice will start to not sound exactly as great as it did during its prime time? No, this is not something that I'm familiar with. It's, uh, I must emphasize that our work is more of a machine learning work mm -hmm. that we let the computer learn from many samples the phenomena and less and less specific phenomena that uh, evolve to a specific uh, person. Another point is that our machine learning algorithms are constantly monitoring the change with no opinion if the change is good or bad. The main issue is to model the model the current uh, the current speech itself. So if I asked you why certain voices, not just singing voices but spoken word voices as well, are really pleasant to the average human ear and others are completely irrelevant to the average human ear. Would you have an analysis of that or not? Yeah, but I guess it's highly correlated to the frequencies that are, to the distribution of the frequencies that are included in the certain word and then on the way that the specific person is pronouncing uh, the word. Fascinating. But you know, if speech interests you, uh, the, the next level would be BCI, brain-computer interaction, meaning we will, we will communicate with other computers uh, directly through, uh, from our brain without operating the speech uh, to give a command. So if you're looking for, if it interest, interests you and you're looking for the next generation, it's going to be BCI, not, uh, not uh, com communicating with a computer via speech, uh, directly through our brain, from signals from our brain. Not, o not only am I interested, I want to be one of the subjects in that research, frankly. <laughs> uh, Professor Ami Moyal is the uh, president of the Afeka Tel Aviv Academic College of Engineering. Uh, good luck. We, we certainly need your research at this point and for sure uh, in the future as well. Tadaraban, thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much. 17 minutes after 8 o'clock. Plenty more coming up if you keep it right here at JM in the AM.
JM in the AM. Ari Goldwag with uh, Chaim Shel Shalom. Uh, before that, his a version of Alenu here at JM in the AM. Uh, Thursday morning broadcast, JM in the AM. Full day of great programming here, by the way. Full day of great programming, as you would suspect. Coming up at 9 o'clock, it's going to be uh, Charlie Harari on the topic of the strength of being authentic. 10 o'clock, it's Allison Joseph with Dr. Nahumi Yaffa, Ph.D., the first Israeli Hasidic woman to get a Ph.D., 10 o'clock this morning on Jew in the City Speaks. Miriam L. Wallach with a live show of That's Life featuring Adira Holkauer discussing Adopt a Frontliner. Adopt a Frontliner. It's at 10.30 on That's Life, 11 a.m. for the Thursday Live Lunch, uh, which I will host from 11 until 1 middle of sphere style here at the Nahum Siegel Network. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by A&H. Abel's and Hyman Kosher Hot Dog Sausage in Delhi is the world's best, serving the kosher world since 1954 and available at better kosher supermarkets nationwide. Try A&H today. Our friends at artscroll.com remind you that the Panay Menachem, stories and lessons of Torah leadership, compassion, and empathy from the life of our Pinchas Menachem Alter of Ger is now available. Use promo code RADIO for your discount. Also, you can pre-order Living Amuna and enjoy 10% off if you use the promo code RADIO. And don't forget that Art Scroll's big 30% off sale on all in-stock cookbooks ends on Monday. So take advantage. Every cookbook in stock, you get uh, free shipping on orders over $49 in the United States. The sale ends Monday, May the 11th. Check it out. Go to artscroll.com again. That is artscroll.com. More coming up. You're listening to a Thursday morning edition of JM in the A. One, two, three.
JM in the AM. Uh, yes, that is, um, well, we made up for the, um, <laughs> we made up for not remembering about Simcha Liner's acapella album. We uh, dominated the 6 a.m. hour with it this morning, and you just heard uh, Nafshish, Shmai Yisrael, and Ani Mamin through the ages, uh, through the years. Simcha Liner, brand new um, acapella uh, version of his uh, most recent album here at JM in the AM including Rise Up, which he did in our uh, 2020 Kosher Halftime show, which seems like a million years ago, but it was just, believe it or not, three months ago. Unbelievable. I want to thank everybody for the comments on the app. Some really nice comments on the app this morning. Much appreciated. Uh, don't forget, we're in the middle of our fundraiser, fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. If you haven't given yet, please give and give generously, fjbunity.org. You know, yesterday we had a uh, really an amazing day uh, Fundraising-wise, we had a, a a tremendous number of people respond to our uh, to our plea. Uh, really, a tremendous number. And if I and if you don't mind, I'm just going to go through some of the people that yesterday came through for us. Uh, yesterday, in fact, yesterday um, I had made a very big deal about. Um, <laughs> I had made a very big deal about. Um, <laughs> the states that are coming coming through for us for JM and the Nachum Siegel Network. Wait, wait. Let's listen to this. First of all, listen to Chaya in Highland Park. Thank you. I may have mentioned that one yesterday. I don't remember. So thank you, Chaya in uh, Highland Park. Thank you to listener Barbara um, up in Riverdale. A one hundred dollar donation, much appreciated. Thank you to listener Jacqueline. Uh, twice high. Thank you for that. Um, a three times high donation from listener Rebecca and Lawrence. Thank you. Listener Risa, a 20 times high donation from Springfield, New Jersey. Thank you very, very much. Um, four times high from listener Ronald. Now listener Ronald, listen carefully. Okay. This is the one that I was alluding to. Listener Ronald is... On North Third Street in Bellin, New Mexico. And I got to thank him. And I hope he's spreading the word <laughs> about JM and the AM and the Nahum Siegel Network out there. So thank you, Ronald. What a meaningful donation, not just because of the amount, but because of where it comes from. Uh, we've mentioned that we've heard from Michigan, Pennsylvania, Maryland, New York, New Jersey, of course, Florida. Um and now we can add New Mexico to the list, which is pretty amazing, I must say. Uh, I want to thank listener Debbie, who contributed from, do we have an address? Do not have that address, just have an email. Thank you, Debbie. Um, we want to thank listener Robert, um, who is, speaking of Maryland, is down in Silver Spring, Maryland. And again, Robert Fenichel is thanking us for the great programming, and he would like to sponsor a day of JM in the AM, which we're going to do tomorrow. We're going to give uh, Robert a beautiful Friday Erev Shabbos show. And, um, and, um, and we thank him. It will be sp- Tomorrow's show will be sponsored by loyal listener Bob Fenichel of, Spring, of Silver Spring, Maryland. And again, I thank him very much for that. 
Uh, what else do we have here? FJBUnity.org, if you'd like to give your own donation. FJBUnity.org. Aryeh Kunstler, one of, and I texted with him afterwards. I said, it's so nice that you get what we're doing here. Uh, he gave 10 times high yesterday during our campaign, and I thank him very much for that. Um, listener Aaron in Brooklyn, New York, in honor of Fega Bas Gersh. Fega Bas Gersh, a 10 times high donation. And I thank you for that. I want to thank listener Jacob uh, from, uh, is it Woodmere or Cedarhurst? Not sure if they're in Woodmere or Cedarhurst. In the five towns, a $100 donation. Thank you. I thanked him actually by text last night as well. And uh, listener Ralph, who many of you know, a combination of East Brunswick and Matawan, New Jersey. Listener Ralph told me, and I don't think he'll mind me telling this story. I hope he doesn't. I don't think he would. He told me, he gave us a very, very generous donation in 2019, just a few months ago. And he told me at that time, he said, I will not be able to support you in 2020 because of whatever situation there is, tax-wise, etc. But once 2021 shows up, you know, I'll be back on uh, on the sponsorship wagon, so to speak, which I was very appreciative. I mean... He's been a great supporter and a wonderful, wonderful friend, he and his wife, B. And uh, for whatever reason, he says that Rabbi Goldwasser gets part of the credit <laughs> because of his words about donations uh, and giving charity. Um, but yesterday, listener Ralph sent us a $1,200 donation. Yeah. And I cannot thank him and his entire family enough. And we'll continue to do, he sent me a beautiful email about the work that we're doing and uh, how it keeps him connected. And uh, we're going to keep doing it. We're going to, we, we thank God, Bliai and Haro, we have not missed a morning uh, since the start of this COVID. And we don't plan on missing anything, Vezrat Hashem. We should all stay healthy. But that is our goal, to continue to providing all of this. And that's what I said, by the way. Um, I, I don't know if I said it in the letter that, that's been posted already. You can go to fjbunity.org to read it or if I said it in a different forum. Uh, but I said that uh, our goal is to continue to provide this quality programming for the next year and way beyond that. When you give a donation, it's essentially for the year, you know, annual donation, annual keep us going. So thank you, Ralph. Your donation will go a long way, and we appreciate it. Listener Michael in Waterbury, Connecticut. All right, Connecticut's now on the list of uh, of donors. Thank you for that. I want to thank uh, our friends, the Stock family in uh, West Orange, New Jersey, a $100 donation. Esther and Jeffrey, thank you very much for that. Um, I want to thank uh, Maish Nachman in honor of Mayor Weingarten and the Israel Show. That's a good reason to give. Who gave us three times high. Thank you, Maish, and to regards to your entire family. Yeah, there are a lot of great people. These are all, Those were all yesterday's donations. We'll get to more, of course, by the end of the week. Uh, those of you who... Um, who want to uh, support us and keep us going and give whatever you can, uh, literally whatever. I mean, we, we've always encouraged everybody to give at least $36. That's always been our cheshben, a, li- a little bit less than a dollar a week for the entire year. That's always been our cheshben, uh, that everyone should be at at least 36 e- even 54 because <laughs> a dollar a week for the whole year is not bad as well. So even 54 we've asked the minimum, minimum donation. But whatever you give is fine. You can give us 5 bucks if you wish. 
And certainly, those of you who are capable of doing the higher numbers, the 1,000, the 1,200, the 1,800, even higher than that, please give as generously as you can at fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, and of course, we thank you. Uh, we'll close things, and, and Professor Alevi was scheduled to join us this morning. I don't know what happened. Maybe something came up at the last minute. It would have been fascinating to speak with him about COVID-19 and the situation in, in Israel and the world, and hopefully we'll have that opportunity coming up. Uh, wrapping things up at the Maccabees at JM in the AM. Sometimes I lay under the moon and thank God I'm breathing and I pray don't take me soon cause I am here for a reason. Sometimes in my tears I drown but I never let it get me down so when negativity surrounds I know someday it'll all turn around because all my life I've been waiting for I've been praying for for the people to say that we don't want to fight no more there'll be no more war and our children will play one day one day Souls of the innocent, blood transparent, keep on moving though the water's damaged. In this maze, you can lose your way, your way. It might drive you crazy, but don't let it face you, no way, no way. Sometimes in my tears, I drown, I drown, but I never let it get me down. Get me down. So when negativity surrounds, One day we'll all be free and proud to be under the same sun, singing songs of freedom like yo.
Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you as your favorite America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NahumSingle.com and the NahumSingle Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing Thursday here at JM and the AM. A special thank you to all of our guests. Coming up, it's... Um, Charlie Harari and the topic of the strength of being authentic. Spin class at 9.30. At 10 o'clock, Jew in the City speaks with Dr. Nahumi Yaffa. And at 10.30, brand new That's Life with Miriam L. Wallach, Adira Hulkauer will discuss Adopt a Frontliner with Miriam. Adopt a Frontliner. 11 a.m. for our live lunch. Middle of Sphera, a cappella live lunch between 11 and 1 Eastern time. Make sure to be tuned in tomorrow. Malcolm Honline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents with the weekly update and much much more. Have a fabulous Thursday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Sigal reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future.